0: What a joy to be here uh, tonight, uh, and what a subject to be talking on. Thank you, Johnny. <laughs> um, walking with Jesus in a troubled and painful age. Uh, my name is Peter. There's lots of you I don't know, which is exciting, because that means the Christchurch Ballum is growing. Uh, married to Claire Lees, I and Naomi, that you guys saw this morning uh, and last week. We've been part of Christchurch Ballum since 2004. Uh, and been on and off uh, throughout the world during that time. And we have been so grateful for the partnership with Christchurch Ballin. We'll talk a bit more about that later. Um, we're currently working in France, in just outside Paris, in, uh, by Disneyland. Paris, if you know. Um, a new town has built there over the last 30 years, uh, and church was planted there six years ago to try and reach the population of that town with the gospel. Uh, and so for the last two years we've had the privilege of being part of the leadership team there. I'm the, part the pastor there with a group of elders uh, and clearly Lee serves very faithfully in the church as well and we're loving being part of that church family. Um, life in ministry has not always been plain sailing. Uh, I hope tonight's a, a quite a personal su- subject because it's real. Um, I didn't think I was going to be blabbing quite so early on in the talk, but we'll get through it. Um, I think probably one of the reasons why Johnny asked us to do it is because it, this is a real topic for us. How do you keep walking with Jesus when life is hard? There are many reasons why life for a Christian can be hard. One of the most overt and maybe the easiest difficulty to deal with is when the is directly linked to our Christian faith when we have opposition directly linked to our Christian faith, and that's hard. But in some ways, that we expect that and we think that's fine. I'm, I'm with Jesus, and I'm standing strong with that. And you know, it's because you're a disciple of Jesus that you're suffering those things, and that, that those are real difficulties. And um, Ken will have much more experience talking about that, having worked uh, in India and with the guys uh, out there from people from a Muslim background suffer so much more in that respect than. than any of us would ever know, probably. But what do we do when, just because we are living in a fallen world, suffering comes? And when we think, we're, well, when we're serving faithfully Jesus, when we, we've given up things to go and serve, and then suffering comes. Um, so we worked for six years in Madagascar, uh, working in a, in a mission hospital out there. And so we saw life in all its mess, working in a hospital with low resources when we had children dying regularly with malaria on a daily basis at one point. I think, how, how do you tally God's love it, it, in the midst of that? Some people would say, but it gets easy with time, doesn't it? And I would say, no, it never gets easy. Through that time, our daughters went through some difficult times, some suffering, and when it's your own children that suffer partly because of the ministry you're in, you think, well, God, how, how does that tally with my expectation? My expectations was I'd just be serving you and you bless me. We've uh, moved to France in 2018, and we're really excited to be part of a church plant, a new church plant in the southwest of France, uh, and, and it was such an exciting prospect to be involved in that and then quite early on there became a, a conflict within the eldership and quite a difficult conflict between uh, he, he's a godly the other guy was a godly guy, I'm trying to be a godly guy, trying to live for Christ And but we just couldn't tie that up and that's a real struggle when day by day in ministry you're, trying, you're seeking to see the church grow, a church planted in that area and Coming up with difficulties constantly, and it 's hard it wears you down and you think, God, I came to serve you here what why more recently, and this is where i 'm going to find more more of a struggle so fast forward two years on we moved to to Paris. everything seemed to be going well, God opened all the doors relation to what and he was talking about it this morning as we were decided to leave Castres in that situation, we prayed to the Lord for guidance uh, and sought to make godly and wise choices that were not morally wrong, but also seemed to please God. But we prayed, God, please show us. And it seemed that all the doors would open for us to go to Val d'Or, just outside Paris. And we were settling in and everything was going really well. Naomi, uh, at school, had a fracture, and just a, a simple, plain fracture on her foot. Somebody just crashed into her while she was sat on the floor uh, reading during playtime. Not playtime, in the secondary school, but whatever you call that, break break time. Um, and subsequent to, to that, the heat, it all healed up beautifully, but subsequent to that, for the last two years, Nemi's had chronic pain in that foot. As if it was still broken. And... The pain then, she had similar issues with the, the other foot. And In March last year, she was in a wheelchair, and with all the associated issues linked to that. Uh, self-image in the class, um, her learning, just feeling very different, not being able to get easily around. She was very active, loving sports. Suddenly, her self-worth. And, and her struggle with God. Why, why would you allow that? And we've been walking... The last, yeah, coming up to two years now with her through that. And it's a long, long journey still to go. We're not out of it. How do you keep on walking with Jesus through this? This is my story. You guys have got your other stories, and, I, and you, lots of you, I'm seeing Lauren here, Lauren's been through so much. Um, lots of you are, have struggled in life. And the danger is in this world, we, we are taught that actually life should be comfortable. You invest in your career, you work hard, you, 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 you do all the right stuff, and life goes swimmingly. And a lot of times that seems to happen until the day when it doesn't. Because the, the reality is, as Jesus said to his disciples, in this world, you will have trouble. This side of the fall, trouble comes to all of us, varying degrees, but trouble comes to all of us. Jesus was talking in particular at that time of the, the time when he would die and they'd be at a loss and, and they would wonder what's going on and, and feeling disorientated because he was gone. But then he said he would come back to life. But he was also, I think Johnny said you've been looking at this passage this week, saying that actually because of living in this world, there will be troubles. In this world, we will have troubles, Jesus says. But it doesn't stop there, he says, take heart. Take heart because he has overcome the world. So what does that mean? And how can we take heart in the midst of the suffering that we will go through? Maybe at the moment your life is comfortable. Maybe you have started a new career in London, you've moved, you're really excited, you found a great church. Things are going well. And now is the time to think through, how will I walk, carry on walking with Jesus when trouble does come? Maybe some of you are going through difficult times at the moment. I pray that this tonight will be an encouragement, and I pray it will be an encouragement to me as well, as we look at different Bible passages and think through, how do we keep on walking with Jesus? Three points, and because I'm a Baptist minister, sorry Andy, it will start with P. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what I normally do, but <laughs> <laughs> Um, three points. So the first point: how how do we keep on walking? The first point is trusting in God's promises. But it's not just trusting in God's promises because that's that's quite hard and abstract. It's trusting God's promises based on God's character, and we see that in quite a few. Passages in the Bible. Why? It's, but I would like just to turn us to turn to Psalm 121. <clears throat> psalm 121 has been a quite a key psalm for us as a family over these last, uh, yeah, last couple of years. 121. Johnny, would you mind reading out loud? Yeah. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord,
1: the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your
0: coming and
1: going, both now and
0: forevermore. Thank you. For Psalm 121 is part of a series of psalms called the Songs of Ascent. And these were psalms that were sung as the people of Israel went on pilgrimage to Jerusalem for the different festivals. And they were singing along the way. Arriving, so around Jerusalem, there's these massive mountain ranges. I don't know how massive, but there's some, these mountain ranges. And in those mountain ranges, there were robbers, there were thieves, there was wild animals. It was a scary place to go through those, those uh, mountains to get to Jerusalem. So the pilgrims, as they come along, they look up and they see these mountains, and they see this trouble, they see this worry, this barrier, this, this stopping them getting to the promised to, to, to the temple, to God's place. And, and when they see those mountains they lift those eyes to the mountains and they're wondering where on earth is my help going to come from when we are in the troubles when life becomes hard when we are faced with those mountains that seem insurmountable like we're going through at the moment where does our help come from and the psalmists recognize that their help comes from Lord. Have you seen how many times the Lord is repeated through this passage? It's yes, the Lord with the capital, uh, the capital letters, and, and it's emphatic. The last verses five, 5, 6, 7, and 8, the Lord watches over you. The Lord is emphatically putting the accent on the Lord. Why are they doing that? Do you know what the Lord in capital letters in, in the Bible represents? What, what does that represent? any idea shout it out, Johnny. Yahweh. Yo- Yahweh. So, y- what is Yahweh? God's covenant name. God's covenant name. So Yahweh, which is transliterated in our English Bibles as Lord with capital letters, is God's revealed name to His people. It's the God who made a covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, with Jacob. It's the Lord who makes, who keeps His promises. So when they were saying the Lord, they're not just saying, oh, God, or just any random name for God. They're saying the God who's committed himself to watch over his people, he is the one who is my help. The Lord who who, 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 who made a, a covenant with Abraham, who made promises to King David, he's the one who will be watching over us. And so we need, then at the Lord, so the character, the person who is making this, then they look at what the Lord does. He watches over Israel. He neither slumbers nor sleeps, so they, they can really trust him. He's always going to be there. He will always keep them walking along this, this, this dark path that they're going to go through. He's the Lord who will keep them from all harm. As they walk through this difficult time, he will watch over their life. It's the Lord, this covenant God, the one who's made his promises, who will watch over your coming and your going. It's the Lord. The Bible in various places are encouraging us to look at who God is, the God who made the promises. And so as we look in the Bible at all the different promises, loads of promises in the Bible, we can also look at the person who made those promises. The one who came, who died on the cross, so that that veil could be opened, so we have access to God. He's the one who made the promises. And so we can trust the promises that God has given us, even when we don't feel like it, even when we're thinking, this is really hard, and I, I'm struggling to trust in you, then we remember this, it's the Lord who watches over us. Trusting, holding on to God's promises, based on his character. No nope. Slides, All right. It's fine. It's fine. We'll forget the slides. Can we look again also at also Isaiah forty three? Isaiah forty three is on page five four four. This is a, an amazing promise that God makes to the people of Israel. Jules, can you read verses 1, uh, one to 4?
2: Yeah. But now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead. Since you, are my precious, since you are precious and honoured in my sight, and because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life.
0: Thank you. And then verse 5, do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bring your children from the east and gather you from the west. This, this is a, the Lord, again, is speaking to Israel. And he's promising them that even when they walk through the fire, they will walk through the fire. Sufferings will come. The fire will not consume them completely. They won't be utterly consumed, but they will be able to carry on walking through that fire because the Lord is with them. As they are submerged by the waters, they will not be completely drowned and wiped out like the Egyptian army was in Exodus, but they will be able to be sustained and Pull through. And the God who made that promise is, is the God who thinks that, who sees us and says that we are precious and honoured in his sight. If that is the case, God will sustain us. Now it's easy to say those words, it's much harder to, to believe them. But if we put our trust in God's character and see the person who makes those promises, that sustains us and helps us to keep it on Trusting and walking with God. So do we know God's character, is the question. Do we really know God's character? Do we, do we really trust that the God who made covenant to Israel is the same God who made the new covenant with us through Jesus Christ today? who is the one who died on the cross, cross, Jesus, who is the cornerstone on which we can build our life. Do, do we know God? And maybe in the good times in our lives, when actually things are going easy, those are the times when we might put God aside, but those are the times when we need to dig deep into the Bible and who God is, so that we can know God, so that when the times of trouble come, we have a solid rock to rest on those promises, that we're not just reading promises blandly in the Bible and saying, but is that true? Yes, those promises are true because of the God who made them. The first point, let's hold on to the promises based on God's character. Oh God, let me give you all three and you'll have them. Um, second point, and then we'll, you'll do a bit more work on this one. How do we pray going through these things? How do we pray as we, we work through the difficulties in life? Sometimes we just don't have the words to express. But the Bible encourages us to pray the prayers based on God's word. Open uh, Psalm 61. No, sorry. Um, no, uh, Psalm 42. Let's do Psalm 42, 43. Then you'll do some work on that one. So, page 421. Maybe if we read it out loud. Bill, do you mind reading it? Sure. How far? All the way? Oh, 42, 43. Psalm 42.
1: As the deer pants are long for streams of water, so my soul pants are long for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night. While people say to me all day long, "Where is your God?" These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the Mighty One. With shouts of joy and praise <clears throat> among the festive throng. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. My soul is downcast within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of the Jordan, from the heights of Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep. In the roar of your waterfalls, while your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day, the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, My rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me, all day long. Where is your God? Why my soul are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him. My savior and my God.
0: And Psalm 43.
1: And death. Yeah. Vindicate me my God and plead my cause against the unfaithful nation. Rescue me from those who are deceitful and wicked. You are God, my stronghold. Why have you rejected me? Why must I go about mourning oppressed by you? Send me your light and your faithful care. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy mountain, to the place where you dwell. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God, my joy and my delight. I will praise you with a liar, O oh God, my God. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him. My Savior, my God.
0: Thank you very much. Maybe in pairs or twos or threes around you. Look at this psalm, think through what is remarkable about the prayer of the psalmist as he goes through. What's the tone he's using? What sort of things is he praying about? What, what, what do you find noticeable, maybe compared with some of our good old evangelical prayers we pray? Um, what is noticeable about this prayer? Uh, think through what is the refrain? There's a refrain that comes clearly through the passage. What is he saying in that refrain? How, how, you know, what's the particularity of that refrain? And what is the encouragement for the psalmist in the midst of these difficulties? That good. Cool. Twos, threes, I'll Give me 5 minutes. <coughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's not my but we don't it's uh, yeah. Right. So if they make you decisions you in the house, and commit to those Yeah, i not i i this mm-hmm. that's not right. it's, yeah it right, no, yeah. it's going to be yes for that's why not because I can see the the I think the end at two and the end of Oh, and half, latter half, yeah, yeah, you know, you know, that. I think I oh, you, know. yeah. but, yeah. but yeah. think not I think I think I think I think I a of the situation
0: are we getting there? Yeah? Do we need to write an
1: essay on this? Well,
0: we could do. <laughs> if you could write my sermon on this picture, it's a couple of weeks' time, yeah, that would be great. Thank you. I
1: think cool let's cool. let's bring that together
0: what what do you what 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 sort of things have you noticed about about the, that prayer Lots talking, so I'm sure there's stuff you noticed about it. What what what, what struck you about it? Johnny told me it could we be interactive, about, so so yeah, <laughs> we spoke about that
1: dissection section of uh, "Put Your Hope in God, Pray All and that that seems to be one of the, the real repeated phrase yeah. doesn't it? Um, yeah. I think Johnny's is it, it's like he's preaching to himself. Um, you know, even amidst all the other the other stuff, which is describing these detail. He preaches
0: that himself. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so that's the refrain that keeps on coming back. Put your trust in God. But why, why are you so downcast? My soul. Um. I'm thinking of it because of this morning, but he asks questions of God. Mm-hmm. And I you think, I don't really do that. I've never been encouraged to do that. Um, ask questions of God. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always so certain. But then, yeah, questioning God leads to questioning himself. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, and it's not accusatory; it's not blaming God, saying, "God, you messed up." Way, a bit. But it, it's genuine in gen, the genuine incomprehension of what he's going through in life.
2: The modern way of what we sort of talk about is like processing. Yeah, like he's processing through his his pain and and going through that, and, like, I mean, it feeds through to lots of more things that we have in terms of counselling and questioning that, like, um, that you need to go through sometimes to see what you already know. Yeah. So he knows who God is, knows God's character, and fully trusts that, just needs to kind of go through the process of, well, this is where I am now, this is what I know, and question, so something to get back to.
0: Yeah, yeah. so there's definitely questions going on his he's not understanding what his situation is. And as in the difficulties of the situation he's in, he's crying out to God. And I think in the times of trouble, sometimes we feel guilty if we're starting to question God. But the Bible is full, so not questioning God in terms of questioning his goodness, but asking God those questions. Why? Why are you letting my, my daughter suffer like this? Why is this a ministry that we were thinking was, the, was your calling and it was where we thought we were meant to be serving you for the next few years? Why? Um, and, and the Bible encourages us to, to do that, but it doesn't just stop there does it? It, it? He doesn't just stop with his questioning, but then, as you said, Jane, he goes through that process of reminding himself of God's character. Of who is the God who, who made the promises and what, why, why should he keep on trusting him? So the refrain, if we look at that ref- refrain, why my soul are you down, downcast? Why so disturbed within me? So looking outside at the situations and he's seeing his anxiety, which is real, and we need to recognise that the anxiety is real, and we can bring that to God. The anxiety that we're, we're going through. But he doesn't stay with, with, just with his anxiety, he then reminds himself that his hope is in God. That he can trust God. So he wants to praise God, and he has the hope, as he looks forward, that he will yet praise him. He has the hope that this suffering now is not the end. We'll get to that towards the end of the, the talk. But his, the suffering will have an end. And he will yet continue to praise God. And what encourages the psalmist as you go? If you go around, what was the encouragement that the psalmist found on, along this journey that helped him keep on looking, keeping his eyes towards God?
2: Looking at verses six and seven, how it seems like he uses um, he calls out the extremes of. Um, I will remember you both from the heights and then also in the deep, deep, well deep, underneath the waters, and then by day and at night. Um, and it seems that it reminds me of in Psalm 139, when it's I can't get away from you, mm. even if I went all the way here, all the way there, all the way up, or all the way down. You're always there." Yep. Um, and yeah, it seems to be pulling that in, even in the midst of my suffering, whether I'm at the heights or in the depths, um, you're there. Mm. And be darkest
0: dark, dark yeah. or brightest bright, and you, are there. Um, it seems like you do up Yeah, Brin. Anything else that you you picked up as well? Personal, my God, my Rock, my Savior. Yeah. Again, he know he knows he know, it's, it, it, he knows this God. It's not just a random name. It's a person he knows and he trusts. He knows his character verse 4 is also helpful. These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go to the house of God under the protection of the Most High with shouts of joy and praise among the festive throng. He's remembering times that he remembers that it wasn't always difficult. There were times when he was more, maybe more aware of God's goodness and he, at times when he was rejoicing and he looks back at those times and thinks, that God is still the same God now today who's even though I'm going through the this, this same God you can see me at the heights and at, and at the depths. And so again, the importance of growing our relationship now, before the struggles come, the importance of, of living with Jesus, walking with Jesus throughout all those disciplines and the spiritual disciplines and stuff you've talked about, setting that rule that Johnny was talking about a few, few weeks ago, um, living by that rule to, to build in those habits in life, so that when life becomes difficult, it's harder to keep those habits because you're overwhelmed by things. That you can hold on to your past experience. Remember, God is the same yesterday as he was today because of the character of the God in whom we trust. There are numerous psalms and numerous prayers throughout the Bible, which we can then use as our own prayers. In May, then went to the, the darkest depths. And I wake up on Monday morning, that was Sunday. Monday morning, I wake up and I was thinking, God, what do I pray? How, I, I, I've got no idea even what to say to you in this situation. And I was preaching on Ephesians 1, uh, the end of Ephesians 1, uh, on that Sunday. I was thinking, how on earth am I going to preach on Sunday? But Actually, that was exactly what I needed. So Ephesians 1, we we'll, we'll really won't look at it in detail So Paul prays for the, for the, the guys in Ephesus. Um, he says, I've not stopped giving thanks for you remembering my prayers. And verse 17 he says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Again, coming back to knowing God's character. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for those for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, etc. It keeps on going. And as I was preaching on that on Sunday, I was saying that that's, that is what I've been praying throughout this whole week for Nemi. That God would open, and give her the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that she would know him better in the midst of the darkness. That she, God would open the eyes for her, her heart, which were darkened at that point so that she might know the glorious inheritance that is hers. The riches, uh, the, the, the hope to which she has been called. And the incomparably great power that is at work in her. God in his goodness to us has given us prayers throughout the Bible to help us pray in those times of difficulty. So we hold on to the promises based on God's character. We pray um, the prayers based on God's revealed word to us. And finally, we continue... I, I'll change that bit anyway. We continue to meet with God's people. There's a tendency when... We go through difficult times of then just closing in on ourselves. Uh, uh, a lady from church sent me a, a, a WhatsApp message one day saying, Pete, I'm not going to be around for the next few Sundays. I'm going through a rough time and I need to spend some time with God. And I cried out to her I said, no, don't, don't cut yourself off from God's people. If there's an issue with the church, let's discuss that. So, no, no, it's not an issue. I just need to spend more, spend more time with God. I've uh, heard other people say to me, but everybody's life at church is all sorted. Everything's fine for those people and I, I don't feel as if I belong because my life is a mess at the moment. I can't cope with all the joy as we're singing these praises and we've got these joyful feelings and, and we're encouraging joy and actually I'm not feeling that joy today. And so I want to stay at home. Those are really sad things to hear, because God hasn't created us to be individuals on our own. The Psalms that we've read, they have lots of eyes, but they were all designed to be sung as a congregation. Psalm 121, as they're walking together, the people on pilgrimage, and see these mountains. Where does my hope come from? And together, they're singing, my hope comes from the Lord. They're singing, my hope comes from the Lord and the person singing says, my hope comes from the Lord. And we're singing these songs together to encourage one another. Psalm 42, 43, when I'm saying, my, why is my soul downcast And somebody, is, is encouraging, reminding me, put your hope and trust, put your trust in God. You will yet praise him. We need one another. So just look at ver, uh, Hebrews 10, which is a key passage in this Hebrews 10 verse, starting at verse 19. Ken, do you mind reading it? Sorry, I'm choosing the people I know the names of. Um, 19 to 25. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence into the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, opened for us through the curtain. That is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, that he who promised is faithful, and let us consider how we may stir one another on towards love and good deeds not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Thank you. What well, great picture the, the writers to the Hebrews is giving us of the access that we have. Reminding the readers of the fact that they can enter with confidence into the most holy place. So that gives us confidence to pray the prayers of God. Because God will hear us, because we enter into his place. Like Jesus was saying in John 16, it's not that I'm going to then translate the prayers so that God hears them. God hears our prayers because of Jesus. What great confidence he gives us. And he reminds us that we have this great priest over the house of God. The one who's paid the price so that we can enter. So that all our sins can be completely washed away, forgiven, so that we can enter into God's presence. He then encourages us to draw near to God, to not stay distant, not close ourselves off to God. And he t- encourages us to hold unswervingly to the hope that we have. These are great things, but these are hard things to do. And so the writer doesn't stop there. He says, let us, consi- let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. We need each other. I need you, you need each other to keep on being spurred on, on this walk with Jesus. And I love that the next bit: not, give, not giving up meeting together, as some in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. We need each other. We cannot do walk this walk alone. We need to keep on loving and encouraging each other reminding each other of God's character not in a uh, in a insensitive just bland bible bashing way but lovingly helping one another to remember God's goodness remember God's love God's character God's faithfulness remind us of God's promises pray God's prayers together as we walk uh, along this we have been so blessed to know to be, uh, to have, to be within a, a local church where people have been loving us through this, these last couple of months. We've been so blessed to know that you guys here at Christchurch Balaam have been praying regularly for us. I sometimes get uh, WhatsApp from guys during the prayer meeting with a, once a, there was a picture of us on a chair and, and he said, look, we, I've just been praying for you guys. And, and that's, that spurred us on. After the, the, the time I was preaching on Ephesians 1, uh, uh, I didn't quite get through it all either, because my eldest came up to me after this, gave me a big hug, as daughter's doing, it's lovely, and she said, Dad, it's so great to be part of a church. I said, yeah, it's so great to be part of a church, because we need each other to be spurred on. And so we need to be able to love one another, we need to be able to be open with one another about the struggles we're going through. And we need to, think through how we can encourage one another as we see the day approaching. The day is the day of Jesus' return. The whole of Hebrews is, is encouraging us to keep our eyes focused on Jesus, keep walking with him in difficult times as we see the day approaching. Because all of this is not... It, 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 it is all temporary. As we walk through suffering in, in the world that we're living in today, it's not just a sludge day after day, day after day, but it's with the hope of eternity. We need to encourage us, as we know the day is approaching, when all of that will be finished, when all of that will be ended. When somebody said to me... Um, Pete, well, you, you, must, you must find it easier seeing the suffering, seeing all the, the difficult things you have in, in Madagascar where these, these kids are really sick, etc. It must get easier after time. I said, no, it doesn't. And I want to keep on crying every time a child dies because that, that's terrible. That's something that shouldn't happen in the world that we're living in. And it reminds me that we are not in the world as it should be. And so I don't want to get too cosy in this world because I'm looking for something much, much better that's going to be coming. We live, we walk with Jesus now in suffering in the light of eternity. When Jesus will come back, the day of his approaching. When there will be, and I'll read Revelations now, there will be no pain. There will be no suffering, there will be no tears. And we will carry on walking now until that day when that will happen. Romans 8 Verses 18 says this, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. My present sufferings now are, are pretty massive. But they are nothing. They are nothing compared with the glory that will be revealed in us. Creation, the whole of creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subject to frustration not by its own choice but by the will of the one who subjected it. In hope... That the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. The whole creation, everything that we're in, is corrupted by sin, and that's why there is suffering now. And it's waiting expectantly for the day when God will, Jesus will come back. We know that the whole creation has been growing as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope, we were saved. That is the hope to which we are called. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. But who hopes what they already have? If we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. And Paul carries on the whole of Romans 8 he is amazing. We live now in the light of something glorious in eternity. So let's spur one another on. Let's encourage one another as we walk through these times. Let's build up our knowledge and our love of God for who he is, holding on to his promises, praying the prayers that he's given us as we seek to walk with Jesus in these dark, troubling times and in the comfort we might have at the moment. Shall I pray? Dear Father God, thank you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you because it's through Jesus that we know your love for us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Because of Jesus, we know that you hold your promises. Because of Jesus, we know that we can put our trust completely and utterly in you. And because of Jesus, we know that we can come before you, the glorious God, creator of all things, the all-powerful, sovereign Lord of the heavens, knowing that you are the one keeping us through as we're walking daily. Thank you, because you have not left us without any help as we walk through life. But Lord, you've given us your promises based on your character, you've given us prayers based on your word, and you've given us a people to which we belong, who spurs us on. Help us, Lord, to hold on to these things holding on to you, in the good times and in the bad times. In Jesus' name. Amen.